So many home fragrance scents smell unnatural, super sweet, chemically, or maybe even like a part of the mall you can't wait to escape. And after learning that the candle industry contributes to an insurmountable amount of non-recyclable waste, carbon emissions, and toxicity in our air, I am so happy that Notes Candles exists. Notes Candles is on a mission to help eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option without giving up high-quality fragrance that actually seems amazing. I have been loving burning the Santal and Atlas Cedar scent. It's woodsy, calming, and smells so good. I can't get enough. I love it. And they have other amazing one-of-a-kind fragrances like oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, and pistachio and rose water. Every single one of them is exceptional. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high-quality home fragrance by making the switch to Notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notecandles.com slash bestofyou. Right now, Notes is giving listeners 15% off and free shipping when you buy a Notes starter kit using code bestofyou. Just use code bestofyou when placing your order. That's code bestofyou at notescandle.com slash bestofyou. Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Allison, and I'm so glad you're here to discover what brings out the best of you. This podcast is all about breaking free from painful patterns, mending the past, and discovering our true selves in God. I can't wait to get started as we learn together how to become the best version of who we are with God's help. Hey everyone, welcome back to this series on real people overcoming real problems. I am so excited about my guest today, Bianca Cotton, a new friend of mine. She is a hope dealer whose smile radiates the room, and that is absolutely true. She is a wife, mom of three, the author of five books, and the founder of Behind the Confident Smile, a movement where women and girls are inspired to walk in love, live in hope, and be healed from past hurts. In her newest book, Captivating Confidence, an 11-step guide to developing a healthy relationship with yourself and own your inner greatness, she talks about this theme that is throughout all of her work of not suffering silently, and she equips you with tools to be a healthier you. So thank you so much for being here with me today, Bianca, to talk a little bit more about some of the pain, some of the fear Mm -hmm. that has been behind your smile. Yes, I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me. This is a pleasure and an honor to share. Oh, I'm so thrilled. Well, all right. So I want to go back in time just a little Mm bit to early Bianca, maybe your early 20s, maybe your teens. What -hmm. were you hiding behind your smile back then, maybe without even realizing at the time? So, and by the way, I kind of borrowed that question from you. I don't ask that to all (laughs) my guests, but I thought that was such a powerful question. I wanted to turn it on you because that's what you ask your guests, right? What are you hiding behind your smile? So I'm taking that question just for your interview to say, let's hear it from you. Yes. Now, I appreciate that. And I'm willing to share. And I took notes, too. So without realizing it in my teens and early 20s, I was having depression and deep sadness. Mm -hmm. And this stems from my earliest memory as a child at the age of three years old, crying and hiding. And I talk about this 
and my latest book about like childhood trauma and how it impacted me into my adulthood. Mm-hmm. In my late teens, that's when I start to say, you know what, maybe I don't have to live forever with pain because mm. I, I had reached a, a place of hopelessness. Like, will I be in pain forever? Will I be experiencing emotional distress forever? Will I be triggered forever? Without knowing those words, right? Like, I understand those terms now. Right. But then I was, I was just like, trying to understand pain and why pain existed and what I struggle with the same things that I struggle with forever. Oh, wow. So Bianca, you're talking about kind of your teen self where you knew you were in pain Mm -hmm. and you were wondering, will I have to feel this way forever? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So there was an awareness of the sadness. Mm hmm. And maybe an awareness that there was a, was there even a possibility of not feeling that way? Is that right? Right. I didn't know. I didn't know if I would not feel that way. Fill me in a little bit on that journey of getting curious about that question. Do I have to always Mm -hmm. feel this way? Right. So it started when I went away to college. I Mm -hmm. felt like that was a way that I could start a new, start fresh. And I started talking to one of my older cousins, like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. I'm trying to shake it. Like, (laughs) you know, what do I do with this? And he was affirming me that me just talking about what Mm -hmm. I was experiencing and opening up was the start of that journey. And so I would say at the age of 17 or 18, that's when I just started talking to myself about what I had experienced in my childhood. Mm-hmm. And then later on in college, that's when I started journaling regularly. And that mm-hmm. became my way of processing mm-hmm. trauma, processing my day-to-day feelings, things that I had suppressed for years because mm-hmm. I just wanted to show up and be strong and appear a certain way without Mm -hmm. even being so conscious about Mm -hmm. that I was doing that. I just wanted to be happy and joyful, but that's not how I always felt inside. So I tried going to the counselor on my college campus and it wasn't a good match. So I didn't go back and I kept writing and writing. And as I began to write, I started to feel healing. Mm. I start to feel burdens lifting off of me and I would write prayers too. Mm. And I I felt like God was meeting me exactly where I was Mm -hmm. when I didn't even know what to pray. He met me and how Mm -hmm. I felt. So Bianca, what you just said is just so, there's just so much in it. So I want to pause for a second. You've got some pain, right? from some of these lingering wounds from your childhood that you're carrying. And one way that you've learned to cope is just to try to be happy, you know, but but it wasn't working, right? That wasn't working. You you knew enough to know that. And you talked to somebody. Now, what I, there was two things you said. One, you talked to a cousin and that did help. That did Mm -hmm. help. There was something about that that made you feel more seen. There was something about journaling, talking to God that made you feel more seen. I love that. So I want to I want to highlight that. And then there's something really interesting you said. You said, I tried a counselor. 
and it didn't work. Now, you kind of blew past that, but I want to honor you that something inside of you, whatever it was in that session was like, this isn't going to work. And you honored that, right? Yeah. Is that fair to say? It's definitely fair. I see that moment right now. I can describe it. I went to the council. It was a white male. Okay. And I went to a predominantly white institution for mm-hmm. undergrad. So I had had already been experiencing overt racism yep. while being there. So by the time I got to the counseling center and I'm sitting with this counselor and I'm looking at him and he's looking at me and we're talking and I was like, I don't feel mm-hmm. the connection. I didn't feel that he could relate mm-hmm. to my pain. And so I didn't go back. So you knew inside, based on these experiences, uh-uh. And he didn't do anything to kind of help. Yeah, yeah. Didn't no, feel I like- didn't feel comforted. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, mm, no, this is not working. Yeah, I, I love that. Thank you for being so honest about that. I think that is so important for people to hear, Bianca. I really do. That for whatever reason, in particular what you're saying, like this person is not going to be able to get me. You have no obligation to try to make that work. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, I just want to really commend you. And I want listeners to hear that. If there's anything inside of you that says this doesn't feel safe, you know, and you had had an experience of safety with your cousin Mm -hmm. and with God. Right. So you knew a little bit about what it felt like to be heard and you knew what it felt like Mm -hmm. when it didn't feel right. Right. And that's just so important, I think, for people because of that pain inside of you. You protected yourself. You protected yourself in that moment. So I love that. And so just to kind of keep going. So you knew you had this pain. You knew talking to someone who might get it helped. Journaling (laughs) helped. Talking to God helped. We know a little bit about what didn't help. Right. What were some of the fears? Tell me a little bit about as you were, as you went through college and you're journaling, what came to the surface? You talk about this idea mm-hmm. of kind of there was some fear attached yeah. to the pain. What was that about? So I have a couple of examples. One is growing up in my family dynamic and in my community. Sometimes I will see teen parents. And one of the things that I was trying to steer away from was not being another statistic. I was like, I'm already Black. I'm female. I don't need to add anything else to myself. And this was my thinking at the time to be a statistic and become a teen mom. So one of my fears was I don't I don't want that journey Mm -hmm. and not knocking anyone else's story. I just knew that. I've seen the struggles through others' eyes. Mm -hmm. And another fear of mine at that time was dying empty. I mean, not dying empty. And what I mean by that is I've been to my share of funerals Mm. over my lifetime in different age ranges, different family members, close friends. And knowing that this person died with their gifts inside Mm. or with potential and truly not wanting to go to the grave with anything left in me. And because of that fear, it lit a fire under me to become a high performer, an overachiever and operating in perfectionism 
because I was like, nope, I need to die empty. I don't want to take anything with me to the mm-hmm. grave. I know that there's a lot in me and I'm not going to let anything stop me. And also understanding, I was just talking to my husband about this the other just yeah, just before uh recording today that I started writing down how how do you know you heal? And I'm in this place right now where I am experiencing joy like I've never experienced before. And I know that I'm healed from different areas in my heart because I'm not waiting for another shoe to drop. I'm not, mm. I'm not awaiting another bad thing to happen. I'm just living in the moment, living in the present. And that's what I learned that trauma had done for me. It caused me to want to plan out my entire life mm. and not trust God that he has me, that he has everything planned and ordained. I will only trust him with certain parts. Okay. Man, this is just so powerful. So let me tease out a couple of things and you tell me if I'm hearing you correctly, okay? What I'm hearing is that part of the pain of your own trauma, of seeing people die, as you said, while with their gifts still inside of them. That is such a powerful way to put that, Bianca. Part of that drove you or lit a fire in you in sort of a positive way where I'm not going to let that happen, right? So there was a sort of positive, like, I'm going to use my gifts. I'm not letting that happen. I don't want to become a statistic, all the things, right? But then what I'm hearing you say simultaneously is that was true, but also it led to a perfectionism that was also painful in its own way. Is that yeah. is that right? Am I hearing you correctly? There was sort of two things going on. One was sort of it was good. It propelled you. It motivated you. Mm-hmm. But then there was another sort of another side to it that also became its own sort of perfectionistic. Is it, am I it hearing did. that right? Yeah, you're hearing it right. And I will also say that at that time I was carrying burden without even realizing it. And so what I mean by that is one of my grandmother's she was born down south in the southern states, and she used to pick cotton. Mm-hmm. And due to, you know, the circumstances of Black people in America, she did not graduate mm-hmm. in the way that we graduate mm-hmm. on time. Mm-hmm. Knowing and understanding my grandmother's story, I felt a need to break generational curses and my family and be a beacon of light and do the things that I had never seen before. And so I took on that burden. I carried it. Mm -hmm. And really, it wasn't until maybe I would say three or four years ago, some of my friends was like, Bianca, do you realize what you're doing to yourself? Mm -hmm. Do you realize that you're carrying weight that you don't have to carry that is not yours to carry and that was another level of uncovering for me because I've been running for as long as I can remember I am always looking for ways to save time and money while also maximizing health benefits and that's why I am thrilled to have discovered Thrive Market 
Thrive Market is my go-to for all my grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online and quickly shipped to my doorstep is just unbeatable. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and I can easily use their on-site filters to get really specific about what matters to me. For example, I can filter out low sugar, non-dairy, gluten-free, any of those very specific dietary needs that anyone in your family might have. And as a Thrive Market member, I save money on every single grocery order. On average, I save about 30% each each time. And best of all, when you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join and they give a membership away. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash best of you for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash best of you. Thrivemarket.com slash best of you. There's so much depth to what you're saying. I also want to, it's not lost on me that we are recording this. It won't come out, but we're recording this on the day that we observe Juneteenth. It was technically yesterday. And I just want to thank you so much, Bianca, for sharing that part of your story with my listeners, with our listeners, that this burden, not only, that's a whole nother level, what you're saying. I just want to see if I'm hearing you again. There's this whole other level of this legacy that it wasn't my yeah. fault. I didn't create this this environment in which my grandmother had to suffer at all. But but I felt this burden is what I'm hearing you say to sort of make up for some of that. Yeah. Is that right? To yeah. Make up. Yeah. And yeah. also, you know, understanding my parents' story, right? So I'm I'm a big proponent of expressing gratitude to the generations that have come before me. I would not be able to sit here and share my story without my grandparents, Mm. my parents, my great-grandparents, without every ounce of what they have done and the seeds that they have sown and the gifts that they have, that Mm -hmm. they've passed down to me. Mm -hmm. But I also saw the challenges. Yes. And I became hyper-focused, like, I don't want to struggle. And I don't want to pass on struggle to my children. I made a conscious effort and a conscious decision in college, late teens, early 20s, that I needed to heal mm-hmm. just in case I decide to marry, just in case I have children. This is not passing down. Wow. Man. I mean, I'm just so struck by the weight of what you put on yourself and and in, in beautiful ways, right? I don't want to harm my children. I don't want to pass this down. I don't want to, you know, just all of this weight that you put on yourself that in many ways is really beautiful and really, really powerful and also weight, right? Yeah. Also weight that you carried, right? And so tell me a little bit about how you, as you moved through college, you're aware of this these kind of burdens that you carry, Right. You're aware of wanting to heal. You're aware of of the pain of that. How did you begin to get more and more of the healing that you needed to feel maybe more? And you, you give me the right words. You give me the words that feel right to you, but maybe more to live more freely from who, you know, this beautiful soul that God made you to be that that's carrying the weight of generations, right? Of trauma, generations of, of trauma, right? That your your family, your ancestors have gone through. 
let alone your own personal pain, yeah. right? So that's <laughs> a lot, right? This is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So what are some things that began to come into your life to help you carry some of that weight? Yeah, I would say my relationship with my mother, mm. I shared everything with her growing up. Like, this is how I'm feeling about this. She would be the only person that I actually talked to. Mm. So my relationship with my mother, prayer. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of Kairos moments that happened in my life mm-hmm. that show me that God heard me, that God was with me, that he wasn't going to let me fall. Mm. So there was a time in my junior year, I think it was my junior or senior year of high school. And I was starting to apply to colleges and my parents share, you know, unfortunately, we aren't able to assist you financially to mm-hmm. go to school. Mm-hmm. I remember one time in church, I was born and raised a Baptist church. Mm-hmm. And this one Sunday, our pastor has said, sow a seed and write whatever it is that you want God to do for you on the envelope. And I think maybe I had a dollar or two, literally. And that's all I had in my pocket. I put it in the envelope and I said, I want to go to college for free. I want Mm. free education because I knew my parents couldn't do it. And I was filling out scholarship applications and I had an aunt that helped me get scholarships too. And Lord and behold, I graduated undergrad debt free. <laughs> right. And so, but another layer to this, when I started getting all these scholarships and it was covering the cost of everything, including the cost of me traveling back and forth from school to home, you know, mm-hmm. doing breaks and Even down to if I needed a coat, they would Mm -hmm. buy me a coat, like just different things like that. Mm -hmm. And I was so stressed my freshman year because one of the scholarships that was a large sum of money, I had to maintain a certain GPA. Mm -hmm. And my first semester was so hard for me, not just academically, Mm -hmm. but also family wise, like my mom and a couple of other family members were in a really bad accident. Mm -hmm. And that was the, that happened the, around the same time that one of my cousins passed away, who was six months younger than me and her and I were really close. Mm. So it's my first semester. I have a cousin where we were raised very closely and tight past. I'm going to her funeral, this huge car accident. Mm. And I come back from her funeral and I passed out in my dorm room and didn't even know, like, you know, what was going on. Because going back, I was emotional suppressor. Yes. So I was suppressing all this. Like, I got to maintain a certain GPA, keep this money and all this stuff that's going on. And I don't really trust to mm. share what's happening with the people I just met because it's my first semester in college. Like, who do I talk to? And all of this just yeah. bottled and yeah. I passed out when I woke up, I had a bump on my head. I had a scar, a bruise on my arm. And let me tell you this. And I wrote about it in my book too, to share how important it is to have a healthy relationship with yourself. I still went to class. Oh, Bianca. Oh my gosh. I still went because back to those fears, right? Yeah. 
back to the fears of no, I need to yeah. show up and I'm in class. My head is banging, like mm-hmm. throbbing. So after class, I go to the mm-hmm. nurse's station and tell them what happened. And they looked at me crazy because I went to class. <laughs> they sent me to the hospital. They was like, we can't help you here. We're going to send you to the hospital. Mm-hmm. I'm in the hospital for three hours. They do all types of tests. And I was like, we can't find anything wrong with you. Mm. Are you stressed? Mm-hmm. That's what the doctor asked me. And I was like, well, maybe like <laughs> This is my, again, emotional suppressor. I'm used to carrying That's weight, right. right? That's right. So That's I said, right. maybe. I was like, I just got back from my cousin's funeral. This is happening. This is happening. This is happening. He was just like, you're stressed. <laughs> and I was like, so what do I do with it? I mean, because the person I would normally talk to is now laying in the hospital bed. Oh my gosh. And I didn't even tell my mother at that time. I told her years later, I didn't even tell her that I passed out. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want her worried about me. Mm-hmm. When you look back at this younger version of you, right? What would you tell yeah. her now, right? What, you know, as you, as you, I could just see it in your eye. You're just like, there's this marvel at this strength of this yeah. young girl. And yet also... Should she have had to have been that strong, right? Like, right, that part. <laughs> yeah, that part, right? Like, that part. what would you say to her now? What would you want her to know now? I would want the younger me to know that it's okay to cry because I cried so much in my adolescent years that I stopped. And I was like, crying is not helping me, crying is not easing the pain, crying mm-hmm. is not alleviating how I feel. And so I stopped and I bottled those tears up and just let them sit there. So I would tell her that it's okay to cry. It's okay to share what you're going through. It's okay to not hide behind your smile. It's okay to allow other people in your space. And I started to do that eventually. That's what I want to hear about. Yeah, I started to eventually I started to have close friends through my undergraduate years and we started to share our stories with each other. And I started to find ways to start coping. And I had a mentor who was a therapist and I would go and talk to her sometimes and that helped. So I started to open up to a select group of people and that helped me carry through. How did you learn to trust, right? You know, from your first encounter going to the white male therapist that you were like, "Uh uh-uh, no. (laughs) How did you learn to open up and who you could trust? How did that evolve for you? Yeah, they first showed themselves friendly and started to open up to me and started to tell me how good of a listener I was. And eventually they was like, Bianca, what about you? And so because they shared, I felt safe to share. And because they modeled how to express your emotions, because I didn't always see healthy ways growing up of modeling. I saw a lot of folks pack it in suitcases mm-hmm. or just express anger and rage. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a big emotional vocabulary. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Besides, <laughs> I feel angry because <laughs> a lot of times I was angry. Mm-hmm. And that's an emotion I knew and understood all too well. Mm-hmm. So through the process, uh, I love this, through the process of just other people kind of being real, showing themselves their own vulnerabilities to you, something in you kind of watched that, noticed that, and and then they started asking you, that allowed you to slowly let people in. Is that right? It is right. I admire their ability to just say it. Like, to say like, oh, such and such hurt me. And Mm -hmm. I'm upset about that. Mm -hmm. Because in the past, I would just move on. Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even though I felt it, I didn't always acknowledge how I felt. Mm -hmm. There's something really powerful, I believe, that happens when we share with safe people, though, has to be people who are safe when we really can share the depths of what we're feeling, we are not meant to, God didn't design us to live in isolation with those emotions. It's unhealed. You know, I, I believe the trauma really is, is the, the being alone in it, you know, carrying that heavy weight alone. And when even just a few other people can come alongside of you and carry that weight with you, it eases the weight a little bit when they're safe, okay. you know, really it changes us. It changes something in our neurobiology. And I just love that you experienced that. I'm curious. I'd love to hear maybe as you moved into being a mom and you moved into mm-hmm. all this work that you're doing. I mean, you're, you've got a podcast, you've written several books, you're an entrepreneur, you're doing so many things. You know, how do you stay connected to yourself, to God? How do you continue to stay grounded so you're not in that survival mode, right, of, yeah. <laughs> of I'm going to make it happen, right, as we all right. still carry those those weights, oh, or, yeah. right, but also you're kind of, you've got those checks, you know, on oh, yourself. Yeah. How do you keep that going in your life now? So right now, I would say, let's go back to around the time the pandemic first mm-hmm. started, I felt God speaking to me that I needed to staff myself. Hmm. And what I mean by staff myself is what does Bianca need? Because Bianca pours, Bianca (laughs) gives, Bianca does, period. Like that's what I do. But what does Bianca need? Where is she trying to go? So I had a a spiritual life coach. I got a spiritual life coach and did some spiritual life coaching for a couple of months. I went back to therapy. I've seen a couple of therapists, but this therapist I've been with for two years now. So the most consistent therapist I've had. So I started staffing my life with what I needed. I met a now mentor, then a lovely woman. I was like, who is this woman? I met her through one of my friends. And she was like, oh, that's my mentor. I was like, is she accepting more mentees? Because I need her in my life, right? And she accepted me into the fold. So I have another mentor for areas of my life. And she understands exactly how I am managing my life is to feel myself burning out or like I'm taking on too much. I acknowledge it now. I don't ignore it and keep going. I will slow the pace. I will ask for help. I will say, hey, can we rearrange this deadline? I'm advocating for myself in new ways 
to ensure that I remain in the hill place. Mm. That idea of staffing yourself. I just, I love that. I, I am staffing myself. I love that. You are advocating for Bianca because you know Bianca will pour out. I love that. I love how you you just nailed that. Like, I know myself. I know what I'll do. So I got to put these things in place. The wisdom in what you are saying, right? It's like, you know who you are. You know you're not going to show up at 20%. You know, you know who you are. So therefore, you have to get the correct supports in place. I love that. I would like to add something. I feel led to share this. So for those listening, if you have mother or father wounds, and what I mean by mother or father wounds is maybe your relationships with your parents weren't what you wanted it to be, right? And so I had challenges with my relationship with my dad and the area of wanting him to be emotionally present with me, emotionally available. Mm -hmm. And as I started to learn more about my father's upbringing, I started to understand his trauma Mm -hmm. and further understood why certain behaviors were what they were. And part of that was traumatic for me because as a kid, you don't understand that. You just want what you want. And as I got older, I started to see my my parents, especially my dad, as a human. Mm -hmm. Not only my father, but as a human. But what God did for me, I have two older brothers and I have super loving uncles who surrounded me. Mm -hmm. God placed what I needed in my life. So if you're not getting or haven't gotten what you think you deserve or what you needed from your natural parents, God may have sent other people Mm -hmm. to be that for you. Love that. That's a good word. That's a really good word. Look for where those people are. It may not be what you thought you wanted and deserved, but you still can find it in other places. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Tell us a little bit about what you're working on now. I know you're an author. You've just put out a book. Tell us a little bit about where people can find your work and and what your passions are and what you're putting into the world now. Yes. So Captivating Confidence is my fifth book and my latest book. It just released about three weeks ago, I think. Yeah. And it's an 11-step guide to develop a healthy relationship with yourself and own your inner greatness. And this book is geared towards women like myself who are go-getters, high achievers, and visionary women, but have suffered mm-hmm. and may not even talk about it. They may be hiding it, right? Mm-hmm. And put all of their attention into achievement. Mm-hmm. Because that's what you know how to do. You know how to be a doer. You know how to get stuff done. But learning to sit with yourself, learning to develop a healthy relationship with yourself may not be something you ever thought about. Like, oh, why do I need to talk about how I feel? Why do I need to check in with myself? Because it's critical 
to mm-hmm. not only the external success, but the joy, living in contentment, being able to rest, being able to turn your mind off, being able to usher in peace into your life and into your home. So you can find that at BehindTheConfidenceMail.com along with my other books. It's also on Amazon as well. And my next project that Dr. Allison was a part of uh, is season two of my podcast, which I'll be launching really soon. June has been a packed month of celebrations in my family. So the podcast is season two is coming soon. And you can find that at Apple, Spotify, Google, or Anchor, and it's called Behind the Confidence Smile. And really bringing in real people to talk about what's behind their smile, to share how they got to where they are, to talk about their fears, and so that you can know that you're not alone on this journey. Amen. I love it. There's so much conviction. I mean, I think, Bianca, what, what just stood out to me about you when we first met when I was doing your podcast was this is hard-earned wisdom. This comes from every part of who you are, right? There, There's nothing. You're like, uh-huh. There's <laughs> no stern, what they say, no stone unturned. I was thanking God maybe a month ago. I was like, nothing is wasted. Amen. Yeah. Nothing has been wasted. And sometimes I felt like that in the past. Like, man, why did I have to go through that? Why, why did I pass out in my dorm room or why did I experience racism mm-hmm. overtly, right? Nothing is wasted. Thank you. I just, you're a voice I'm going to keep listening to. You're bringing so much goodness into the world. And again, even thinking of your list that you just said, let alone, you know, these generations of racial trauma. Ah, oh, man, Bianca, you just, you're bringing a really powerful message. And I just, I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful for what you've allowed God to do through you as you've honored these gifts, right? You're not dying empty. <laughs> dying empty. And and I wanted to add, um, you can also find me on Instagram, Behind the Confidence Smile, Bianca N. Cotton. Everything is in my handles and links and things. But I want to share this because I had a fear of sharing my story, right? When I first started writing books, and my first book wasn't even supposed to be a book. It came out of my journal. Mm. And so it was raw and real poetry. And what I want to say about fear, if we continue to allow fear to stop us from operating as how God created us, we are someone's solution. We are someone's answered prayer. But if we aren't walking in it, how can they be free? Mm. There are people in my family who approached me after reading several of my books and started to share things that they have never shared with anyone. And so it, what it showed me is that, and these are all ages, that what's in you, what's in me, people need. Yeah. People need it. So if we are fearful of writing the book, going for the job, whatever it may be that God is calling you to, to do in this season of your life, it can be holding up somebody else. Wow. Because somebody helped you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 That's a word. Yeah. Your freedom, you're sharing freely of your own story frees other people. Right. The more we heal ourselves, the more we experience that freedom 
and we share about it. We give other people permission in a way to, like you said, with your family to come forward and get free themselves. And that's what this is all about. I love that so much. So when I ask you two questions that I ask all of my guests, the name of this podcast is The Best of You. What or who brings out the best of you? I love this question so much. I would say God, being seen for who I am, brings out the best in me. My husband does. He's the fun, humorous portion of the two of us. (laughs) And, And that's what I need. Because as you all can have heard me during this time, I'm a very deep thinker. So I need that in my life. I need that laughter. And when we first met, I wasn't even that aware of it at the time. But I was like, that's what I need. Fun. Mm -hmm. Because if you have experienced trauma or just have been on the journey of uh, unpacking it for so long, the joy, (laughs) like the laughter is needed. So surround yourself with that. I will also say uh, loving relationships. And for me, what's critical is time alone to recharge. Mm. Mm. I need it. It's not even a want. It's a need. Just like breathing air. (laughs) I love that. I love that list. Very clear. It's very clear. You know what you need to thrive. And you've already kind of answered this. But the second question is, what needs and desires are you working to protect? My desire to be my fullest self as I was created, Mm. what I continue to work on protecting and also my need to rest. Mm. I'm learning, again, going back to being a doer, I've learned, I would say in the past three years, that it's okay to rest in different ways. Like I'm a napper, but beyond napping, like it's okay to sit down. It's okay to not have a to-do list or nothing on your calendar immediately after the other thing. Mm-hmm. It's okay to just enjoy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my need to rest, I protect as I continue to learn what that means for me in my life <laughs> and protecting my mental and emotional well-being mm-hmm. is ever so critical for me. Mm. I love that. Bianca, I, I'm curious what your Enneagram is. <laughs> It's an eight. Okay, okay. I, as I was listening to you as a three, I was like, I'm relating to this. It's this idea of rest is is a deep one, right? For us, what does it actually mean? So I love that you're protecting that. I love just the complexity of what what that means, even though it's so simple. It's something about being born and raised in the church, and every so often you need a new and feeling a a freshness because sometimes religiosity can impact the relationship. And I was able to be restored on a new level in the past year. My husband and I was led to a, a new ministry. And I went to an event at this church. A friend of mine was hosting the event. And I won some tickets, took my mom, and I just felt God say, come back here. Mm. And I was just like, what? Like, And I was like, okay. Two weeks went back. I kept feeling this urge to go back to this church. And this was after my husband and I had been praying, Lord, show us where to go next. You showed us before. I know you'll show us again. Show us where we can, we can be filled. Show us where we can be restored. Show us where we can mm. actually 
commune with people and led us back to this church and been there ever since last May. Wow. And since last May, I have been feeling love. The first time I walked in the doors, I just felt God's love. And that heal, it started to heal more parts of me that I didn't even know needed it. And they have prayer after service every Sunday. And I would just go up for prayer about any and everything and felt no ways about it. And that started to just replenish me mm. and restore me because I didn't even realize, again, carrying, right, that I was still carrying burdens. And so when I talk about captivating confidence, like it's born from a, a real raw place mm-hmm. of truly desiring to see women be free and free to be. But it, it takes work and tuning in to God and trusting him enough to direct your path, even if you've been hurt. It's contagious when there's that authenticity of connection from the deepest roots of who you are. I feel it. I feel the freedom. I will leave this conversation breathing a little more freely, right? Because you've just breathed that into me. And it, it's really powerful. It, it That work from the inside out, it transforms us and it spills out to everyone around us. And I can, I can feel that. And I'm just, I'm so grateful to bumped into you. <laughs> me too. <laughs> and I'm so excited for your new book to come and just all the people that you bless. You are a true gift. And I'm glad to have met you and have, I don't even know how I stumbled upon you, but I'm glad that it happened. <laughs> I think I saw somebody share something in their Insta story, like one of your posts. And I was like, oh, let me check this out. And I just like, been in tune ever since, but I believe those are God moments. Yes. Saying, hey, you know, I saw something I needed, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, my audience needs that too, because we are the body of Christ. We are kingdom. And each of us operating helps all of us be stronger. That's right. That's right. That's right. We need all of us. I love that. I'm grateful. So I look forward to, we'll see what God, when he'll bump our paths into each other again. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for your time. So much wisdom, so much goodness. I loved having you on today and thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I just pray that those who listen are blessed and know that you're not alone. And it's a journey. Living life is a journey. Take it from a person who formerly did not like process. I just like to get to the goal. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. You can you can do it. Engage the process and you will find your way to a better place. Take it from Bianca right here. Living proof. Thank you again. And we'll look forward to seeing you next week on The Best of You. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Best of You. Be sure to check out the show notes for any resources and links mentioned in the show. You can find those on my website at drallisoncook.com. That's Allison with one L, cook.com. Before you forget, I hope you'll follow the show now so that you don't miss an episode. And I'd love it if you'd go ahead and leave a review. It helps so much to get the word out. I look forward to seeing you back here next Thursday. And remember, as you become the best of who you are, 
You honor God, you heal others, and you stay true to your God-given self.